This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. We're back on Tuesday. It's the 21st of February 2023. Coming up this week, we'll be covering the Zero Project Conference from Vienna in Austria. And today, we learn all about the conference itself. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yes, Sean Priest is with me today uh, before I head on my travels. Yes, and, uh, you know, uh, Vienna. Why am I not there, Stephen Scott? Because you broke yourself. You're a broken oh, man. Oh, yes, that's right. Sorry, is, uh, is the airplane not wheelchair accessible? <laughs> Is, is, do I need to start another campaign? This is ridiculous. <laughs> well, let's just let's see how you got with the first campaign uh, before we, you know, get too excited about any I'm other. Coming campaigns. for you, Adobe, and yeah. also Logitech. By the way, I installed Logitech options for my new keyboard today, <sighs> and what an absolute nightmare! Button, button, button. I had to get sighted assistance. I hate doing that. So I hate sighted assistance. <laughs> I do, I do. It's possibly because I always ask my daughter and they always go, oh, yes, okay. So don't you realise why I had you children? Exactly. Spare parts and excited to see, why are we That was terrible. That's a conversation stopper right there. Wow, okay. I love you children. (laughs) They don't listen. That's the last cup of tea you're ever again, or at least least the last one you'll be wearing. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you're not coming with us, sadly. In fact, I, I don't think you were even scheduled to be on this trip, so it kind of worked out. We saved money. You did. Well done. You I'm, have to cancel fa- a hotel room or a flight. It was great. I'm far too common for Vienna. It sounds very, very posh. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Well, I, it may well be, and I, I don't doubt for a second that it is. Uh, yes. And why I'm going is beyond belief. I mean, really, my first thought is, <laughs> and I have already Googled, uh, McDonald's near my hotel, um, and it's just quite good. It's fine. We see, I think we're covered by the various apps. Yeah, of course. I mean, gorgeous food from Vienna, but, you know, fast food all the way. Well done, Stephen Scott. Represent us. It's the Austrian version of uh, Deliveroo <laughs> or Uber Eats or whatever it'll be. No, that's fine. <sighs> I'm okay with that. Uh, so, yes, going to Vienna. Uh, and today we're going to find out all about the conference itself. Because I don't think a lot of people know about this. I didn't even know about this conference last year at all. Um, I had only heard about it this year when uh, Mr. F, God bless you, Mr. F. God bless you, Mr. F. He uh, asked me to go with him to, to, I I guess, go and represent AMI and and talk about the event for AMI um, and cover the event. So that is what I'm going to do. But we are, because we're double tap, it's a tech show, honest. Uh, Mm. We're going to be talking about one particular strand of awards that happen at this conference because the, the whole thing is based on bringing people together to talk about what they've done in their local community. Now, this, of course, is across a wide range of categories. It's not all about technology. But only in 2020, they actually brought in a category around accessibility and tech, which was interesting. It was only in 2020 that happened. And I think it was because, as we'll hear in the interview later, one of the challenges was they would bring people in from, say, Africa, someone who had developed something in Africa that could help people in a particular country there. And when they were coming to the conference, there wasn't other people there they could connect with and network with because there just wasn't a category for it. You know, yeah. so it felt a little bit like maybe we need to maybe we need to improve this a bit. Maybe we need to make this that we can bring more people together who can discuss this. And and that's the key point. A lot of conferences people go to, and I know I've been to plenty of them, they're just talking shops, right? People cut, go, they go along for the nice food, the nice drinks. They get a chance to chat away, and then they leave, and that's it. But yeah. th- there's a kind of rule that comes with the Zero Conference, a uh, Zero Project Conference, which is that you know if you're coming to this, and you know the 74 awardees who get the opportunity to be taken to the event, the people who win the awards for the work they've done in their countries, the deal is that they have to share that knowledge with others and almost pledge to continue sharing their knowledge with other people so that that work can be continued into other areas. So let's say someone comes up with and has one of the recent awardees was someone who developed a bus GPS app system for uh, a country in Africa. I'm not sure which country it was, but one of the countries in Africa. Now, in the West, we might think, well, so what, right? Lots of buses have GPS now and lots of, you know, there's lots of bus apps and we talk about them and we are enriched by choice. Yes. But not in Africa, right? And this was something that was developed 
by someone there, and they were brought along to the conference, and the deal was that they would share that knowledge with other people. And other countries could benefit from that technology and the way that they had used technology to their advantage. So really, really clever. And I think it's just a great opportunity to learn about the work that gets done. We get so fixated on the West where we live. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, that's and right. There's so, many, so much spoiled. better stuff going on around the world. Some great projects coming out. And well, they get recognised. It's the project. It's the way they get these projects even started and implemented, right? Because there's not always legislation or government back in there to get these projects, you know, or interest so, by anybody, or even interest. Absolutely right. And and in some places, you still have that sort of, you know, uh, almost disability seen, you know, looked down upon. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, for people to actually have this, it's not about getting the technology in place necessarily. It's about how to how they go about getting people to accept it and getting it in place you know it, it's um it's really cool and that knowledge should be shared so it's yeah fantastic so obviously i'm thinking about all that serious stuff and then i'm thinking about what i'm going to throw in the case and take with me because you know i have to plan this out right what am i taking with me mostly a pair of pants that'll do the one two maybe you know just for emergencies oh okay um, Mr. Laddie Da, you yeah, pairs of pants. Mr. Show Off. Uh, <laughs> okay. And um, I mean, I'm talking here about underwear, not you know, trousers. We have to clarify that for the Canadians. Yes, that is different. Yes, yes there is yes. a difference. Trousers are different. And, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. I remember someone saying to me once, What pants are you wearing? And I, thought, I was quite offended. I'm like, Hang on a minute. You assume I'm wearing. Oh, okay. um, huh? But I'll take uh, it as a compliment. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I'm thinking about the, 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 I was thinking about the tech, but then at the same time, I'm thinking these days, I travel with so little technology. I don't have to travel with as much as I used to. Right. Can I stop you right there? Because when we traveled to Canada, you had an entire bag full of technology. Oh, that's you different. Travel with, yes. what, why, why was that well, that's Okay. All right. Okay. So the bag okay. with the, with the tech for the show, right? That's, yep. I think that's one thing that is just given, right? So I've got my little roadcaster mixer. And I've got my headsets and I take that everywhere because it is such a good system. It's a plug and play. I literally just connect it to a power source. I don't even have to do that. I can connect it to a power bank as well. If uh, if there's no power available, obviously there will be. I'm going to the United Nations building in Vienna. I would imagine Ooh. they have power in that I place. So. Yes. I mean, you know, I think they probably do. So, you know, that's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> I've got my little adapters. I obviously bought my little UK to European adapters. Got to think ahead on these things because they cost a fortune at the airport, so I'm not buying them there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the great thing is I take my roadcaster and I've got my headset. I love that system because, as you know, we've done this on the road a few times. I just turn that thing on. We connect up the headsets. So tactile. Yes, I know the roadcaster has got the touchscreen. Honestly, I don't even really do any settings on it. I just hit the record button on the device, the physical record button, and that's it. The whole thing records to an SD card. Everything records individual tracks, so I can edit it later on Audacity or whatever else. Actually, it's quite okay. good because Mark Aflalo's coming as well, you see. So he's going to do all the editing. It's going to be great. I'm going to be the easiest tech ever. Is, how much tech is Mark bringing, right? I uh, mean, yes, that's another story. Um, so, but no, yeah. I, I, I'll let you off there. You, you are being defensive and I was being unfair because that is to do with actually that's the job. You know, pro- yeah. producing the show. So, yeah, but when it comes down to the tech you actually need to take with you, I don't know because yeah, you, you do have stuff, a... Yeah. You do have a habit of, um, oh, well, I want to take a Mac laptop and a Windows laptop. and But when you actually get there, it's like, actually, do I need to use this? It's um, Can you get away with an iPad or an iPhone and a keyboard? Well, I'll be honest, I would love to do that. And I'm thinking, obviously, because I'm not doing any editing, because Mark's there, I was thinking, well, I don't really need to take anything like that. But I have got my MacBook Pro, which has got Windows on it. And I'm thinking, well, there you go. Two for the price of one in one machine. Problem solved, right? So I've got that. That's covered. Yeah. Um, but I may well take, i actually thinking, one of the things I was thinking of, this is when it starts, right? You start saying, I'm not going to take any tech, and suddenly the bag's full. <laughs> but I was thinking of taking my Logitech mini keyboard, my mechanical mini, because what's great about that is I can control my phone with it and the MacBook. So I can just sit the MacBook in the corner you know, work away on my MacBook and then just switch between and go and use my, my phone at the same time and just use the same headset for both. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it makes total sense. As long as you don't want to use the Logitech Options um, software, of course, because... I don't touch it. I really Accessibility-wise, it's a nightmare. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what you need it for, really. I mean, I know that there's that mm. option which you can turn on the that you use F1, F2, essentially use the function keys as function keys. But yes. you can do that manually. You just hold down function and press escape so you can get round that. 
You can. And the function key is two keys to the right of the spacebar on the MX Keys Advance. It took me a while to find it. Thank you, MVDA uh, keyboard helper. It oh, tells yeah. me what okay. every... So that's how I find it. But um, I, the, yeah, you can use keyboard short. The thing I'm trying to turn off is the lights because it drains... Obviously, the keys are backlit on this mm. and it does drain the battery. Well, that's a good um, point, yeah. So I want to turn the lights off. Now, I'm pretty sure there is another keyboard shortcut to do that as well, but I don't know for the life of me what it is. So if anyone knows, Logitech MX Keys, how do you turn off the backlight without using the option software? Thank you. Uh, well, that's one of the ones, one of the things I liked about the Logitech G915 keyboard I've got, which I use for the PC. It's not much use for the Mac because all the keys are kind of mapped the other way around. So like your command key would be the alt key. It's all a bit weird, right? The, the keyboard layout's a bit different. And... um but I love that keyboard for the PC. It's just fantastic. And it does have a physical button on it to control the backlighting, which is great. You know, so you can That's just, nice. you just keep pressing it until yeah. it stops, you know, screaming red light in my face. Because <laughs> I, I can't stand that. It's like one occasion it looked like, it looked like the light was traveling from one side of the keyboard to the other. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Must be well, some it, fancy feature of it. I don't yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. The, the kids have got gaming keyboards, and they you, know, you can choose breathe and rainbow, oh, and it, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Just just type on it. It's a keyboard. I remember the days when Visuals. you know you didn't have lights in a keyboard. <laughs> remember well, those days? I remember having the caps lock light. That was the that was as far as it well, went. That was exciting. I remember the day. That's right. Yeah, I remember a laptop that had that, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> just kept turning caps lock on and off. <laughs> <laughs> they could get rid of that keyboard now, that particular key, because I don't think anybody really uses caps lock for anything no. anymore, do they? No. It's funny, right? I keep thinking, I, I don't want to use the caps lock key as a modifier, because I don't want to use it as a... And I'm thinking, well, why? I never use it for anything else. Never no, use it for anything else. It's perfect. It's in the perfect position as well. It's much better than the insert key, I must say. Oh, shut Thank up. you. Love oh, my insert sorry. key. It's weird, though, because on this keyboard, on the one I've got, which is the MX Keys Mechanical, it has got an insert key, but it doesn't behave as an insert key. What? What are you talking about? Now, bear in mind, I'm using Parallels and Windows via VM, so I don't know if it's maybe something <laughs> getting lost in communication somewhere. It Could probably be. is. Um, but, you know, I've had to set up the Grove key. Is that how you say it? Grave? Grave? Grove? I don't know. Grove. It sounds like Grove. I, I still have no idea what it is. No, no, yes. But, yeah, I use that key. I use sharp keys on the Windows side, which is brilliant for just, you know, remapping a key. Um, I've never used sharp keys. I've never good. really had a need for it. Is it totally accessible? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, as long as you know the key you're looking for, um, that's the thing, right? So you know, there is an option. You can tap the key manually. You can sort of go and you can say add key and then you just press the key. But the problem is there's no way out of that with the screen reader because essentially every key you're pressing at that point, it thinks that's the key you want that's, to modify. Yes. So yeah. if you start mm. hitting all the keys, it's just going around in a cycle. So it doesn't really make any sense. But um no, it's, it's a good little it's a good little program to have. But yeah, so I've got my MacBook, I've got my Windows on there. I'm thinking to take my keyboard. Uh, what else do I need? Oh, I've got my headset, so that's fine. Of course, look at that with my roadcaster. So I'm going to be well set up, I think. And that's the thing. I don't need as much as I used to. Chargers, obviously. Um, that's going to be something obvious for my phone, my AirPods. It's funny, though. You do miss your home comforts very quickly. You think, oh, I need to... You almost want to replicate what you've got at home on the move. And I've got this great little thing I bought, which was a, it's it's like a travel um, charger unit for all three things. It does the iPhone with MagSafe. It does oh, yeah, yeah. the AirPods. I think you saw this when I was last with you. And also the watch as well. So it's you can do so all weird. three. It's like a towel. You just sort of unfold it. You unfold and it's got it, all, yeah. all these little areas for charging. It's perfect. And it's got this weird travel. kind of fabric thing going on. It's just a bit weird, to be honest. But yeah, it's, it's actually brilliant. Although never get it wet because it's be ruined, I would imagine. The kind of material. It's, it's funny, though, you saying that about, you know, you want to replicate your sort of home setup. Yeah. And I, exactly the same here because I'm in the dining room instead of the shed. Um, it just feels so alien. It feels so uncomfortable because everything's not exactly where I expect it to be. And it's funny you say it. I was thinking about this. I was, as I was starting this, I thought, you know, I'm saying all this, but you're kind of living that at the moment because it's almost like, you know, it's like you're in a hotel in a weird way because it is. you've brought everything in to your yes. house, but you don't work in the house normally. You're in the shed. No, that's right. It just It just feels wrong. It doesn't feel... It's a change, right? And that's, uh, I'm sure I'll get used to it. It's fine. So I can get back in the shed. There is something weird, though, isn't it? It's like I find that with keyboards on, on laptops. As much as I, 
you know, love a laptop and it's not, it's nothing to do with the screen. I just find sometimes sitting with that tiny keyboard, you, you just, it doesn't feel right. You just, maybe no. I'm just too big, <laughs> too no, large no, no, a person. You, no, you're absolutely right. It, it, you get so used. Like I said, that's why I bought this keyboard because I want to try and get some sort of uniformity between uh, using this laptop in the house and using uh, the, the laptop in the shed. Yeah, um, I want, I'm on the same keyboard because yeah, the function key and the control key are in different positions on one laptop than they are on the other one. It's not a huge deal, but it's just oh, every time I'm like, trying to press Control C or Control X or Control V to copy and paste, it's like, oh, I'm pressing the wrong key. And, oh, it's a pain. Do you know? I think you you start to realise how blind you are when you rely so much on muscle memory. Yeah, and I noticed it the other day because I moved my setup a little bit just to accommodate this new system I was, and I moved my, my Rodecaster Pro always sat directly in front of me. Uh, so it, it's in front of the monitor and uh, the keyboard sit in front, sits in front of it. And it's been there for, you know, a good few months, right? It's just been sitting there. And now I've just moved it off to the left a little bit. And every time I go to change it, to adjust my headphone volume, I reach out and I'm thinking, where is it? And I'm like, oh, it's there. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> It's just so weird, right? It's just this weird how you you just your muscle, even though you can. I mean, it's not kind of. I mean, I can see it. You forget yes. you're blind. I get but that. But you do, yeah. I mean, and I, do I, can, it in the I house can see the, the lights time. on the machine. I know it's over there. Yeah, but I still just. It's almost like you don't trust it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, you you stop trusting your vision. The worse it gets, you stop using it. Yeah, you do. I'm forever walking into walls and doors in my house because I'm. Oh yeah, that's right. I can't see. I forgot. I'm just going off um, uh, memory of where I am. And, you know, it's funny, I'm so glad we did the trip to Regina last year because I think it got me back into the, the spirit of getting on a plane and going away. I must admit, air travel doesn't freak me out as much as going... I was coming to meet you last week, right? And I'm not yes. going to lie to you. I freaked myself out about that trip. Totally Why? freaked myself out. Because, I, you know, I was building it up in my head, right? Okay, I'm going to have to get to the train station. I'm going to find the mobility office. I'm going to have to hope the assistance turns up. Oh, if the assistance yeah. doesn't turn yeah, up, what am I yeah. going to do? You, you play all this stuff in your head to the point of disabling yourself, literally disabling yourself. It's like you can't move. No, absolutely true. You know I mean, you're playing it all through every yeah. step of the journey in your head. And um, what happens if this happens? And yeah, you're always thinking the worst, right? And it's funny with airports, I don't feel that way because I know exactly when I walk in the airport, you know, it's Glasgow Airport. I walk in the door, I turn right, I keep going until I walk into wheelchairs. And that's me. I'm at the assistance desk. And <laughs> people in the wheelchairs aren't so happy. <laughs> They're not so happy fine. about it, no. Um, You're my landmark. <laughs> <laughs> I should say these are parked wheelchairs with nobody in them. Yes. But, you know, uh, or at least as far as I'm aware, anyway, no one complains. But so, you know, you find your way to the, the, the desk and then, you know, they just tell you to sit down and they come and get you and everything's fine. And okay, I must admit, as much as I like that, and I do, it's kind of the opposite problem at the airport. There's, it's when you've got the assistance with you, you kind of want to do more things. It's like, okay, oh, can we go around the shops? Can we look at stuff? But of course, they don't want to do that. They just want to take you to the gate, leave you there, uh, and that's you. You're stuck Someone there until the plane comes. Up. Yeah, that's right. I'm like that with all assistance, though. I mean, uh, since losing a lot of my vision, I've had to rely on passenger assistance when I'm using a train, which, you know, 90% of the time, absolutely no, no problem. But every time I meet someone, because it's always, you know, you've got to meet us 40 minutes before departure yes. time or something, which is fine. I totally understand that. But I get there, right, okay, I want to go grab a burger yep. and I want to <laughs> go to yeah. check out the sandwiches for later on. And uh, you always feel slightly, you know, that, that's not their job, really. They're there to get me on the train. But at the same time, I want to be able to do what I want to do, you know, so and it's the, it's the challenge I find with air travel is, and in particular with assistance, is you kind of want a hybrid, right? So for me, I'd love to have someone take me through security, get me to the gate, but then use something like Ira to get me to the bathroom or to the shop or to, you know, get a coffee or whatever it is, right? And I've done that a couple of times. And one occasion I did it, I had this person running at I could hear someone running at me, but I, I thought they were running for the plane, or maybe a plane was running late or something, or they were late for it, whatever it was. Anyway, they, they catch up to me, and they're like, is everything okay? What's going on? And I'm saying, well, I'm fine, I'm just getting a coffee. And they're like, oh, but we told you to wait at the gate. And I'm like, yeah, but it's been half an hour I've been sitting at this gate. I'd kind of oh. like a coffee, you know? And yeah, like, then they think you're faking it. Well, well, that's that's maybe on us. I think that's on us. I think you're right. I think I think we think they think that. I don't know if they think that. I just think, oh, he's got bored. He's off for a wander and he doesn't know where he's going. 
Um, yeah. And then they're terrified that I end up standing in front of a you know a plane on the runway. You know, there's a this pilot saying, "Get out of the way! You're stopping us all." I'm just, I just want a coffee. Where do you get a latte around here? Um, but I I do feel <laughs> I do feel that you know from from my point of view, sometimes I just kind of want that hybrid of you know I'd like to I, I really appreciate the help, but you kind of just want the help when you want it. Do, does this yeah, make but sense? There's no, there's no fix for that, is there? No, I mean, there they, they, they're they're between a rock and a hard place. What yeah. can they do? They can either sit with you the entire time, which just practically, I suppose, isn't possible. Sometimes it is, if it's quiet, I suppose. But, you know, uh, uh, it's really difficult. I think I've come to the conclusion, this is why a lot of blind people listen to audiobooks. Because they sit around for a lot of time <laughs> waiting no, for things true. to happen. Yep. And you think, do you know what? I may as well just listen to a book that's 9,000 9, hours long. Um, <laughs> well, that's why we always need our phone with us. You, know, yeah, you, just, yeah. you do spend a lot of time waiting on someone else. But I, I would, I mean, it's funny because you, you talk to colleagues sometimes and they'll say, oh, just when you get to the airport, you know, just get there early, get a coffee, you know, get something to eat, go wander on the shops. And I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting at a gate for 10 hours. And I really, you know, that doesn't sound that great to me. You have to really prepare. You know, you really have to think ahead and you've got to constantly be, I mean, it's, I'm not complaining about it. I'm genuinely not. It's a great opportunity. But I just, I, I always just, it, there is... A, I think sometimes what people don't realise is the amount of extra energy you expel in a day just trying to do something basic, like get to the gate at the airport. And and that yeah. includes all that thought process of what if the assistance doesn't turn up? Yeah, you, you know, the anxiety. Is my stress. phone charged? Am I going to have yeah. decent signal? So if I do use IRA, I'm actually going to get a connection. Um, I mean, if there's airport Wi-Fi, that's fine. If it's even better if it's an IRA access airport, which my airport isn't. So come on, Glasgow Airport, get on with it. Um, but you know, I, ju- I just think there's, 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 it, it does build up a lot of tension in you. Not as much as I say that it does with train travel. Weirdly, um, it's, it's, yeah. But there's not only that, which is you know, it's exhausting. But there's also the concentration. You know, I'm forever listening out. Okay, can I hear a cash register a till mm. being in a way? Can I hear someone ordering something so I know it's over there for whatever I'm looking for? There's those audio cues and clues that you're always looking for and it's, it takes so much concentration right it's um it's tiring oh, yeah i don't know i honestly don't by. know how i don't know how sighted people do it sometimes because i think to myself in what in some ways i think you know you think it's easier right because you've got the vision and then i think to myself but most most people they are the opposite they just turn up at an airport they don't have a clue about anything it's like oh, i don't know where anything is but oh, i'll just find it and well, i don't yeah, know if they, that's better that's or worse to be honest uh, well i mean yes it, it's better <laughs> Okay, let's go with that. Okay, thank you. Um, so, yeah, so we have the trip coming up. Uh, so this week on the show, uh, you're going to be hearing me, you're going to be hearing Mark, you might even hear Mr. F, because he's joining us on the trip as well. Um, Mr. F is coming out. So, yeah, we'll be uh, meeting, I'll be meeting everyone there. I think that's another reason why I'm not as concerned about the trip, because I'm, I've am i got my safety blanket at the other end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got people yes, I'm actually yeah. meeting, right? So it's not yes. like I'm... Oh God! What do I do here? I remember when I went to Toronto in 2019, and the first three, four days of that trip was just me and my own. And that, when I think back to that, I think, how did I do that? You know, and I think this is what I'm trying to replay in my head. It's like, how did I deal with that? Because I did that trip entirely on my own. I mean, I found my hotel on my own. I mean, okay, granted, it was an Uber ride from the the airport to the hotel. It wasn't the hardest thing in the world, but you know, getting out the next day, I decided to use public transport. Um, you know, I just use buses to get around, use the yeah, train system. Yeah, I can't system. do that. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not there yet. And maybe that's part of well, look, <laughs> why I say I'll, O&M training I'll tell you the trick. Needed. I'll tell you the trick that I found, which was just start somewhere. I mean, I had no idea where the train was. I didn't know there was a train. I ended up on a train. I don't know how I got to it. I mean, I got on the bus and the bus, the bus driver says, where are you going? And I said, I'm trying to get to... <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I, what I said was, I want to get to the shops. And they're like, okay. And I said, do you like a shopping centre, like a mall or something? And they're like, all right, okay. So uh, there's the Eaton Centre. And I said, ah, that'll do. And okay, so what you do is you get off at the York, whatever it was. And then I get off there and there was a train station. And I think I used, what app did I use? What app would it be at the time? Maybe it was Soundscape I used. And it would tell me that in front, it was able to tell me that in front of me there was a door. I don't know which app this was. But it told me the, the, the door was there and, I, you know, you could just, and I said, okay. And I just kind of followed the crowd, went with the noise and ended up on a train. And the train is, you know, off flying off into the, <laughs> into the city. And I'm going, 
okay, Why? which which station is? And I, I just ask people, I'm like, so which stop is the one for the Toronto Eaton Centre? Yeah, yeah. like, I'll get yeah. off at this one. Okay, perfect. And it was just that combination of just asking questions. And, and I think also because I wasn't burdened in any way by time, I thought if I get lost, if it goes horribly wrong, I'll just jump a cab and I'll get back to the, the hotel. It's not the end of the world. Um, no, you're right. You're right. It, this wasn't, you know, deepest, darkest LA or something. You know, it was it was Toronto. You know, it's a safe, fairly safe city, right? I mean, I, I actually loved that city because it and was there's just not so... a language barrier there, right? Unless so you speak makes... French, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you do though. Oulala, and oula piscine. Listen, I know so many people <laughs> with absolutely no vision who who are so amazing when it comes to mobility and just go. It doesn't matter where they are, if they're familiar with it or not, first time in places. And I've got, it just blows my mind every time. I am not there yet, but um, yeah, it's it's amazing how some people can do that. Yeah, it's beyond me sometimes. But, you know, like I say, I mean, I did it in some ways, you know, but I think I think there's two things, right? One is when you're on your own, I think you just have to, right? So that's one thing. And you also kind of want to. You know, there's a joy in travelling alone that a lot of blind people just never get the chance to experience. You've always got someone with you, someone taking you, someone meeting yes. you. There's always someone involved in the process. And sometimes it's just nice to kind of break free from that. And I guess, I guess that was a nice opportunity, and certainly the first opportunity since losing more vision that I was able to go and do it and felt quite comfortable doing it. And apps, yes, definitely helped. Technology definitely helped, but the tongue in my head was the best app I ever had. Yeah, you know, no, just absolutely. ask. And you know? people are usually great, right? Yeah. But it only takes that one thing. If, if uh, for example, if I order an Uber or I try and get, grab a taxi when I'm going out, if anything goes wrong there, it's sort of, that's it. My confidence has gone. I destroyed if I get, it, yeah. If I get a, a, a taxi driver who's, you know, a bit iffy or just won't talk to me or it's really difficult, that's it. I, I just want to curl up and go back home, right? So there's so many different factors in it that makes traveling, you know, anxious or actually, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling better about myself. I can do this. So I'm looking forward to the trip. <laughs> sounds I like it. I honestly, it sounds like I'm just not, I am. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great experience and I just can't oh, wait is. to learn more about it. Up next, we're going to hear more about the actual conference itself because we are going to be covering that all week and we're going to be talking to amazing people who will just always make me feel lesser of a human every single time I talk to them uh, because of all the wonderful things they do. I'm a terrible human being. I'm an awful human. All I do is sit in a room and talk garbage on the radio every day. Um, what can I do to improve my life? I need to Don't build an app to him, or something. Mr. F. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> it's travel craziness kicking in. Uh, so listen, stick around. We'll get to that. We're talking to Michael Fembeck. He is the CEO of The Zero Project. We'll talk to him next. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Stephen and Sean with you today and uh, we're going to talk more about our travels and trip to uh, Vienna and indeed past travels. We've been talking about that today on the show. Just always interesting to go back and talk about some of the challenges that we face as disabled people on the move. Uh, so, yes, we're going to, uh, I'm sure, talk more about that in a minute. But first, to the Zero Project conference itself. It's what we're covering all week this week on Double Tap, as I'll be live in Vienna from tomorrow, uh, along with Andy Frank, Mr. F, of course, and Marco Flalo joining us on the show as well, plus some great guests from the Zero Project conference. I can't wait to bring you all the news about it. But what is the conference? Well, last week I spoke to the man in charge. Michael Fembeck is the CEO. He'll introduce himself, but he'll tell us all about the Zero Project conference and what we can all expect to come up this week. My name is uh, Michael Fembeck. I'm a member of the board of the ESL Foundation and uh, CEO of the Zero Project. Uh, Michael, it is great to have you here on Double Tap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, we're very excited about the upcoming trip to Vienna for myself uh, and for everyone who is going to be uh, joining uh, along at the uh, Zero Project this year. I-, I think for people who are new to hearing about this, maybe you can explain a little bit about what the Zero Project is. Yeah, yeah. Um, first, thanks for having me. Um, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor. Um, so <clears throat> the Zero Project is around for some 10 years. Uh, we got some 
preliminary uh, work, some trial and error work. And uh, by roughly 2012, we found out uh, as a comparatively, comparatively small foundation from Austria, there's still a global role that we can play. And the role is as follows. So um, roughly around 180 countries in the world have signed uh, the CRPD, the Conventions of Rights of Persons with Disabilities. Uh, and globally, there's a need uh, to understand what's the best uh, method, the best solution for children with disabilities to go into uh, an inclusive school. What's the best employment model? What's the best self-employment model? What does accessibility mean? How, how do you bring this all to life? How to create an accessible website? What are the best apps for uh, ABC to make it inclusive and so on. So and these this, uh, solutions exist somewhere in the world. Uh, and we, to cut the story short, we found we can play this role with the Zero Project to identify, research, uh, and then share and communicate uh, those innovations globally. Uh, and uh, creating a community all around this, it's not us who, who does this uh, research and decision making. We found a way to organize a global network. Uh, and uh, this crystallizes in, uh, uh, in, in several activities, including the Zero Project Report, which is a storytelling basically on, on some 70 innovations every year. Uh, and then especially at the Zero Project Conference, which is now around for uh, 12 years. Uh, and it's a, it's a global meeting place uh, centered around those innovators um, in the United Nations building in Vienna. Uh, this year it's from uh, uh, February 22nd till the February uh, 24th. And we expect some 800 uh, people, experts with and without disabilities all coming together to share innovations that support uh, people with disabilities and hopefully take something home and creating impact by using what they have heard and the connections they have made. And what's the origins of this? How did this all start? Well, it's it's I think it's a, it's an, a two nice anecdotes uh, to tell and that came together. It's the story of of Martin Essel, the founder of the Essel Foundation, and his uh, family used to own one of these big retail do-it-yourself chains in 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 Austria and in also in, in several Eastern. Central Eastern European countries. It's 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 was quite a huge uh, chain. It's uh, like, for example, uh, like Loews or uh, Home Depot in the US. This type of company, um, and uh, this company had an inclusive employment policy for many years. And uh, because of financial issues, this company had to be sold. But Martin still had his had his foundation, and he saw his mission in in taking this um, social activity of his company. And, and use the foundation to share this all over uh, the world. And um, the, the, the other story is more or less my story. I'm, I'm a trained business journalist, and I knew what storytelling is. I knew about the power of indicators. I knew the power of, of reports, of conferences, and of, of networking. Uh, and I somehow added this, uh, uh, this, uh, this uh, expertise on how to run that. And yeah, so by 2012, uh, we somehow had brought this together and formed this into what is now the Zero Project? I mean, it's, it's a fascinating project. I mean, really enjoying learning about it because like a lot of people who will be hearing about this for the very first time, you know, the origins of such a thing are, are often the, the most interesting part because, you know, it is how this comes about and how these projects actually materialize. This year uh, is, of course, a, an important year because people are back together again. And I'm guessing last year you maybe got back together, but, you know, it, it's been... I guess, challenging because of the pandemic to bring people to Austria together, which is really what the whole thing is about. It's about bringing people together to share their stories. It's exactly as you say, uh, Stephen. So uh, we had a, a really major, large sale conference in, in, in 2020, actually in last week or the third week of February. And the last week where a conference like that was possible because immediately after the conference, the pandemic, pandemic hit in 2021, we had a, a virtual conference only. Uh, and in 2020, 22, so last year we had a, a kind of limited uh, pers in-person uh, conference. But what we learned is uh, this was fascinating to uh, include and work with all these new te technologies that came up and were there immediately. But it's not the same thing. So uh, inspiration, uh, connecting, sharing spirits, inspiring each other, this only works in this in-person conference. Um, I, I'm, I'm saying this with uh, being fully... Uh, fully aware uh, that this also comes at a cost, not only but traveling costs, but we bring people with disabilities from maybe 18 country, 80 countries to Vienna. And this is, of course, a hassle for them, but still uh, it works and people come because they see the added value 
for each of these person coming. So yeah, basic this year as mentioned, we expect some eight hundred plus uh, participants uh, at the at the Vienna conference and. Uh, yeah, maybe some 600 are coming from outside the country. Yeah, that, that is incredible. And of course, a number of awardees as well, around 74 awardees as well, which will, I guess, start the conversation on what can be done. I mean, this is what I love about the sound of this, is talking about possibilities, the things that can be done and that have been proven to be done and sharing that knowledge so that as a world, we can work together to improve the lives of everyone with a disability. Yeah. Um, so, what you touched upon is, I think, one of the major reasons, or make you call this also success factors of this year project, it's that people who have done something talk about what they have done. So there's no doubt that this has worked, and uh, uh, it's not uh, this type of conferences where every second sentence starts with "We need this and we need that." So these people have done something, and it's all about sharing this and talking about possibilities and. Uh, and making decisions in which other contexts, countries, geographies, these solutions work. No? So, of course, there's a lot of, of additional knowledge needed. You cannot take something simply from A to B, from country A to country B. Um, but also the learning part, what, how does this work? Do you use some, some licensing models? Uh, do you use this uh, open source? Uh, do you use a business model? So all is this around and uh, the inspiration mixed with these ideas, how to better work together. This is what makes the spirit of the conference. This is so different uh, to many other conferences in, in that area, uh, in that field. They are also necessary because it's about people with disabilities uh, expressing their needs and, and, and all, all these types of conferences are also needed, but ours is on solutions. And this is why we are so a good fit to, to many other uh, stakeholders in, uh, in, in global, globally and across all sectors. And of course, there are these categories that you work towards as well, where you highlight, so for example, independent living and political participation, education, employment, and accessibility, of course, all very important areas for disability. And since 2020, you've included ICT, which of course is information and communication technologies. That is, of course, what piqued our interest here at Double Tap. And you know, what we do every day here is we talk about how technology can enable the lives of disabled people. Uh, so, you know, it's great to see that the Zero uh, Project is, is recognizing that as well. Yeah, so we uh, we started the first conference back in 2012 where we did one research on all innovations but, uh, that work for people with disabilities. But then we learned at this conference, uh, someone, let's say, working on a bus system in, in, in South Africa, has not a lot to share with someone who works on inclusive education from Denmark. So then that's when we decided uh, to uh, to focus on, on certain themes. And there you mentioned uh, this year's themes, which is independent living and political participations. And the other are accessibility, employment, and education. They come in a four-year cycle. And uh, as you said, Stephen, uh, every year we added uh, a technology as, a, as an additional topic because technology is, is a game changer. It's an, an easy solution for many uh, problems and they can easily be explained and shared and also taken from country A to country B. If, if, if you example of an, give you one example, there's an app um, uh, that uh, connects uh, volunteers who are, uh, who can see with, uh, with people who are, uh, uh, who are blind or are uh, visually impaired. And um, the, they're on the same app. And if a person with visual impairments needs something, he presses a button, what he or she needs. And uh, some volunteer picks up the phone and explains uh, and, and tries to solve the, the issue. This works in, uh, this comes from Denmark, but this works basically in every country in the world. So this is a technology and technologies have a tendency to be easier to scale and taken from country A to B. This is why technology is, is so much more fascinating of course, technology always needs uh, needs a frame and always needs to be embedded. Technology itself is not the solution, but it's it's an, an easier enabler if it's embedded in the in the right context and uh, and often comes with uh, training and uh, comes with uh, the right introduction and and advocacy. So that it's really this uh, uh, this uh, this improvement that everyone is looking for. And I think that's where the interesting stories come from, because oftentimes when we think about technology, we think about Silicon Valley in America, we think about you know, perhaps Japan or South Korea, but we don't often think about all the other places in the world. You mentioned uh, Denmark, of course, but there's also Switzerland, Israel. There's a lot of great work going on around the world, especially in this space. 
And this technology is enabling lots of people. You know, the, the thing about disability, as you know yourself, is that anybody at any time could become disabled, even temporarily. And that this is important that this technology is highlighted and that, it, that it's talked about. It doesn't get the same headlines as when Apple released a new iPhone, but it, it almost should, right? And, and that is why I guess doing this, highlighting this is so important. Uh, Stephen, I couldn't agree more. Uh, let me just add two more thoughts on what you just said. One is um, we, we, we work globally and uh, um, there is um, there's also uh, an, uh, a kind of, I think people tend to agree more and more on this. There is, uh, is a lot of technology that's developed uh, in, uh, in low-income countries like India. No? And if this something works in India, it has an, a higher probability that it works also in other Asian countries or in African, sub-Saharan African countries, because this has been developed for a low-income context, and the, 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 the odds that it works in another one are much better than if it's, it has been developed in, in Canada or Austria. Uh, so we, we focus uh, more and more. This is why we are uh, starting at this year's conference also um, a partnership with uh, organizations from India. Uh, India is, is also an... Uh, from many uh, points of view and angles and an interesting partner country they have everything that's needed and they have the the brains they have the high technology they have the funding they have the global networks and in the same country they have so many needs to fill so this is why we are uh, having high hopes on on, on 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 a lot more cooperation with india to bring more of of low-income uh tech to uh to uh, to the system and to the to the global stakeholders and the second uh innovation in <laughs> In, in the, within the Zero Project system is a, what we call the Zero Project Tech Forum. So for the first time, we have, a, let's say, a conference within the conference that only brings together leading, carefully selected tech innovations with global stakeholders uh, from uh, the likes of Google and Amazon and Apple and, and Microsoft uh, with uh, other organizations like uh, developing funding agencies, World Bank and, and USAID and the, the German GIZ. Uh, but also leading uh, uh, self-advocacy uh, organizations and so on. And they discuss in a very limited uh, and very carefully crafted way ways to scale these innovations across countries and across sectors. Normally, these organizations have a tendency to only work individually, only within the sector, but bringing together an innovation with a, um, a multinational IT company, with an international development fund agency, and maybe a foundation who takes this initial funding step uh, this this is uh, where we're having high hopes uh, that it can be itself a, a game-changing moment for bringing uh, these innovations together with people who really can make a change. Yeah, that, that really does interest me, this technology forum, and the fact that, like you say, these companies are working together. And it, it kind of just continues the work that you've started here with the awardees, the idea of bringing people together to discuss their successes and share the knowledge of their successes and what they've achieved with other people. You're kind of, you, you almost want, I guess, the same to happen with the Microsofts and the Googles and the Apples, you know, come together, work together. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So uh, we, we have a strong belief in, in, in cooperation uh, and cross country uh, collaboration. Um, you could also phrase it like that. All these things that can be solved easily or bilaterally have been solved already. You know? So Microsoft, well, they would not need by itself, someone like a, like a, a global network but they also don't have this easy and uh, and and uh, cross sectoral uh, opportunity to connect uh, and these these uh, uh, meeting places where so many people bring so many different uh, angles to a discussion and and opportunities and uh, yeah also to give you one example uh, you talked about silicon valley yeah so most of the innovations that are happen within this year project are not relevant for Silicon Valley investors because it's too early stage. Uh, these experts in this field to talk about incubation or pre-incubation. Um, so it's this early stage funding where normally you need foundations or uh, you need uh, government funding uh, research programs or European Union in, in, in European country. They, they invest in the and, and also this does not normally work easily. So this is all very different, difficult to connect. So finding a foundation uh, who has this... Uh, uh, global view and, and identifies the right the right projects uh, to invest in, uh, and then having being already in in touch with, uh, with with stakeholders in the in the next phase of scaling these innovations like Microsoft, they, if they come in at a later stage, that's of course 
extremely interesting and knowing if they have a basic interest or not in an early stage. This is normally what's not happening. And so this is what we're hoping with the tech forum. So this, this, uh, yeah, they would not work all of them together in one, but they would know about each other. Uh, and there would be a kind of layered and, uh, and, uh, a layered approach. And, uh, yeah, this is what we're hoping for to, to make this more connected, uh, all these processes that are needed, uh, for scaling outstanding innovations and, and making them, uh, affordable and available. Well, we're going to be talking about it all week because we will be there and uh, I cannot ah, wait. Yeah, yeah. It is, is going to be yeah. so much fun and I cannot wait to. I, I can imagine, Michael, and like you, you know, I'll be coming back with a thousand ideas in my head of the wonderful, you know, not from my point of view, I guess, the conversations that I can have with people to promote all this wonderful work that's going on. That is really what my aim is to be there, is to really showcase what is going on and to tell the world of all the fantastic work that is, is going on out, out, you know, outside of people's bubbles, outside of the, the places they may think is where innovation is happening. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. I thank you for hosting us as well. Uh, Michael Fenbeck, I look forward to meeting you in person at the uh, conference in Vienna. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. You will not be disappointed. That's a promise. So that was me talking to Michael Fenbeck last week. Very interesting guy and a very interesting conference, Sean. Um, so lots we're going to learn, I think. Amazing, right? It's it's funny because when I'm thinking of conferences, I'm I'm usually interested. I'm thinking CSUN or Site Village over here in the UK. You know those those conferences where you get together and you get hands on with products, and it's you know it's it's different. But when you talk about something like this. This is where things can actually make a huge difference to us as a community, right? He mentioned the Be My Eyes there. Mm. I mean, when you think how how globally influential that has been, I mean, it's used in so many countries. You can choose the preferred language and the secondary language of the volunteers that you want. It, it's made such a huge impact. And the way that Be My Eyes started is so, it's an amazing story. And the thought that there's things going on right now that could you know, affect us and help us in the future. This is where it happens. This is networking. This is getting together. And as 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 the the aim of the conference is, it's sharing these resources. Absolutely amazing. I'm I'm sad. I'm not going to be there. I know, but you'll get to learn all about it along with everyone else, including me, because you know I'm learning all <laughs> about this as I go. And I think that's what's going to be most interesting. There is an event happening on the Friday, which will be bringing you coverage of uh, either into Saturday or into the following Monday. Um, we'll give you more details on that as it comes. But there is an event happening specifically around technology. And that is, I think, what's exciting a lot of us who are going. We don't know all the details yet, but what we – and we kind of alluded to it there. But what is interesting is there is going to be uh, an event happening where a lot of the big tech companies are going to be working together on a project. Uh, we don't know what it is yet, though. But but and I, know, I don't know if, it's, if it is a specific project, but I know that the tech companies like Microsoft, Apple, Google, they will be in – a position there, but we already have interviews lined up, one with Google. Uh, Christopher Patno, of course, regular on our show, he is going to be uh, present there, as are representatives from the other tech companies as well, as yet unknown, but we will bring you, of course, all the details on that through the week and interviews with all of them as well. Um, they're hard to get away when they're in front of you, right? They, they, they don't, they don't, it's actually, <laughs> doesn't, if you don't have to answer a phone, that's fine, but you know, if, you, if you're standing in front of you and it's like, hey, excuse me, you will talk to us. You, you will can't talk to us. ignore my email. <laughs> exactly. I'm right here. Uh, so, yes, th- I'm looking forward to that. That's intriguing. What, what, what? I mean, is there some... Ah, man, It's surprising, though. Again, it's all about sharing that knowledge, right? Because there's there are lots of areas where the big companies actually do work together. And you don't well, that's hear important about to that say. Yeah, no, that's that's right. I mean, we learned this firsthand at some of the events we covered over the, over the years. Yeah. And... You know, I remember once talking to someone from Google who was having a conversation with someone from Apple, and I made the joke at the time, you know, my God, you guys actually talk to each other. Yes. You know, you don't hate each other. No, 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 not at all. In the accessibility space, actually, it's quite the opposite. It's very much about working together. Yeah. So that that is really interesting. One story I'm going to be picking up uh, with Christopher Patno on uh, from Google is this story I was reading just the other day about uh, Chromebooks possibly now getting customizable keyboard shortcuts as a feature, not something that's available at the moment. Uh, so this is something which is coming. Nice. Uh, now we know that, of course, the Chromebook is accessible with a, as a you know using a screen reader uh, and to some extent using the keyboard as well. But it's the customization factor which is not as capable or not as available on Chromebooks at the moment. That is something that's likely to change. There's been uh, Findings inside betas. That's often how these things come out. People find oh. things inside betas and then they go, oh, okay, what does that represent? So 
I'll be asking him about that because I, I think that, you know, anything that makes the computer more accessible via the, the keyboard is good. And I'm really glad to see companies continue to invest. I know it's I know they always will invest time and effort into keyboards and, and you know, people using their computer by computer keyboard. I just I never want us to get to a stage where we're just driven by you know, software keyboards or touchscreen only interfaces. I, I think, you know, I will always stand up for the keyboard because ultimately for me until the day I die, unless it's an incredible invention, I can't really imagine me ever wanting to use a, a software version of a keyboard full time. No, it's what versus, we use or, when or a, even a touchscreen full time. When a physical keyboard isn't available, we use a on screen keyboard, right? Because it's the the best. Or we connect option. another keyboard. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We connect a well, physical that's, keyboard. That's the thing. As so, so far, the keyboard, uh, and you know, not in our area, but uh, the mouse are the best ways to interface with yeah. with the computer. Simple as that. So I'm getting everything ready um, now. Do you want me to bring you anything back from Austria? Um, what do they have in Austria? The sound of music. Um, do you want me to bring you back Julie Andrews? Yes, please. That'd be lovely. Thank you very okay, much. I don't know how that works necessarily. Where's Toblerone can... from? I like them. Is that not Switzerland? The Switzerland oh, yeah. are, are the, the oh, chocolate the people. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'll just have a... Belgium's have a good big for chocolate milk. as well, actually. I think about it. Belgium right, chocolate's well, if, lovely. If you're Swiss touring chocolate. Europe, then uh, yeah, anything <laughs> will do. Thank I might you. go back via, yeah. Let me go back via the chocolate countries. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get the best chocolate. I have to say, that's the thing. As soon as someone says to me, oh, we do great pastries, I'm thinking, I'm going to be, have a good time here. This is going to be a good place. Uh, no, I'm really looking forward to it. So Sounds great. We'll bring you all the the news from the Zero Project conference all this week as Double Tap takes to the road again. Wow, we're getting good at this. I wonder oh, no, what we'll lose this time. Oh, yeah. Are you taking Jane with you? No. Oh, well, well done. You won't I lose anything her. then. <laughs> Uh, listen that is it for us today uh thank you as always for listening keep your feedback coming we'll try to get to it through the week and if we don't we'll get to it when sean and i are back together next monday sean enjoy your uh, rest of the week off i will do thank you enjoy yourself looking forward to it and we'll catch you tomorrow from vienna love double tap did you know we're on the tv too check out brand new episodes of double tap tv on ami tv every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash double tap we're also on youtube search for double tap to catch our episodes there too i'm margaret shepherd of the ami podcast tripping on air Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.